It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Luke and the Pete Show. It is a Monday. The sun is shining where I am. The sun is also shining where Luke Moore is, but uh, he's wearing a jumper, inexplicably. Yes, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Luke and Pete Show. As Pete says, I am the Luke part of the equation. I'm not wearing a jumper, Peter. As you well know, before we started recording, I said, bear with me a second, I'm just going to take my jumper off. And the reason for me wearing a jumper is as we compete competitively for the most boring start to one of these episodes ever is because um it's because um i live up on a hill and we have the windows open to get a breeze through but there's no real Mm. sunshine present in the house obviously and the wind rips through like you wouldn't believe so in the morning it's actually still a little bit chilly even though the old thermometer says it's about 25 degrees but pete on that on that note actually um Mm. got a uh, text through from my father-in-law yesterday shout out the big lc who people, okay. who listen, people who listen regularly will know that he's a big fan of the show. He sent me a screenshot of the thermometer in his house in Connecticut, mm. 107. Now, I might need a bit of help with this one. The Celsius Fahrenheit oh, has always confused me. Yeah, so basically that is roughly, I would say, trying to think, 37.7 is 100. So it's about 41 and a bit. Jiminy, like... Yeah, thermometer is in America, or certainly that part of America. Um, certainly uh, work a lot, a lot harder than ours. You, you don't kind yeah, of appreciate how, yeah. how kind of yeah, um, exactly, Pete. Why are thermometer? Thermometers paid the same amount in the UK. They shouldn't be. They don't do anything. <laughs> it should be they, a double time. Yeah, they fluctuate between about twelve and about twenty-two. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. I feel sorry for the thermometers in, uh, in 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 that part of America because, like, like New York, for example. Like I went to New York for um, what do you call it? New Year's Eve one time, and it was colder than I've ever been in my life. And I've been to like, oh, I don't know. Have I been to Belarus? Uh, mm. Is that called? I don't know. But I, I remember it being minus 15, and I think it was around about minus 10 in New York. And New York uh, in the summer is unbearably hot. Like, I don't understand how you... The, I've said it before, yeah. how the infrastructure manages to um, deal with the freezing cold, but also the heat as well. Uh, but, yeah, they should be on double time in America, I think. Yeah, there was a really interesting story about... Uh, I saw it yesterday about how, for the first time ever there's been a temperature of over 100 degrees Fahrenheit recorded in Siberia. Right, that, okay. That's, that's obviously, I think we can all agree, uh, not a good thing. But the, um, no. but the other thing that I found absolutely fascinating about it, to the point where I thought, I'm going to need to reread that, is that for perspective, it's only ever reached over 100 degrees Fahrenheit 
once in Miami's history, which I found absolutely staggering to read. Apparently, well, because it's so close to the coast, it's, oh, this it's is a t- constant t- breeze. breeze. And so the temperature right. technically never goes, hardly ever goes over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, which I found fascinating because you'd expect it to be way higher than that. Do you find sort of, um, I'm sure we've got listeners in Siberia. I'm sure we've got listeners in parts of Russia, obviously. Like I find Siberia. So I think there was a game called Siberia uh, back in the day. I, I take all of my knowledge from video games of, of the 90s on the Amiga and, and the PC and stuff like that. And rightly so. And rightly so, I, I agree. Um, and Siberia always seemed like this kind of like magical kind of place where woolly mammoths existed and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And Yakutsk, modern Yakutsk is like this kind of like town that I'd really like to visit one day. But there's no point in going when it's not absolutely snowed in but if it's really snowed in it's really hard to get to so you may as well just visit it in summer i think it's got the biggest swing in the whole of um in the whole of russia and siberia like it, it gets really cold and really um warm in different parts of the, of the earth but yeah that's right i don't know man like it's it's, it's a magical place this is where they find all the fossils isn't it yeah i think i should be probably more specific about what i said because i'm sure i don't know well enough the kind of geographic sort of um thing that applies to siberia specifically what i should probably be more specific and say that there's a town in siberia called verko mm. verkoyansk i think which mm. is technically inside the arctic circle and that hit yeah. 100.4 degrees fahrenheit um which is well what's going on you've been taken away you've been arrested <laughs> no i'm, I'm outside it's of my isovox booth because i've moved the um soho is very much back to normal and so i've moved back into the back of the kitchen but the problem is there's helicopters because of um the protest you've got no, because you live in frolic- grand theft frolicking auto. frolicking in the uh in the back and uh and also yeah the police are wheeling around Right, so, so, yeah, so, yeah. so okay, so let me just let me just wrap up to 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 move on because we didn't plan. Well, we don't plan any of this, but I didn't necessarily no, plan really to do so not. much on this. But Arctic Circle, hundred degrees Fahrenheit, first time mm. ever, and then the only time that Miami, according to uh, a climatologist in Florida, the only time that Miami has ever hit hundred degrees Fahrenheit was on July twenty first, nineteen forty two. Oh, so I thought it would have it been in the real. middle of a Mister Worldwide concert. Mr. Worldwide, Pitbull, yeah. Mr. Worldwide, he's always down in Miami, isn't he? I, I, I can, I'm starting to see now why, part, another reason why people love Miami, because clearly it, it's obviously nice and warm, but it doesn't ever get that warm. Good. Mm. I'm all about that. That sounds good to me. <laughs> Is it a dry heat? I, 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 the most inhospitable places I've been is Jeju in Korea uh, during the height of summer, where it is just so moist um, it's like a kind of like just a little island, and I yeah. ate some fried chicken. It was very hot, um, and I ate an ice cream, and I was still so hot. Uh, I couldn't get a taxi, uh, and I had. I don't. I I don't use the term breakdown loose, loosely, obviously, but I think I had. <laughs> Uh, a, a mental episode um, that I couldn't get back to my air-conditioned <laughs> Airbnb. Um, I'd eaten too much hot fried chicken with like spicy sauce on it. My friend couldn't help me with getting a taxi back to the to, to the flat, and uh, I said, "Craig, I've had enough. I can't deal with this anymore." And uh, <laughs> he made me go back into the, I think the ice cream parlor for more ice cream. Um, so there's only two or three times where I thought this is too much. Um, and then Peter, and, and you, you JJ say, was just the heat of JJ was just too much for me. You say that oh, I don't want, I don't use the term breakdown lightly, and m- many people will think that's because you don't want to be insensitive to people with mental health problems. Yes, but the, yeah. but the reality is that you don't use it lightly because if you did, you would probably have to admit to about fifteen a day. <laughs> <laughs> 
adapter for them in a diary. I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I don't think Miami is a dry heat, no, because the whole of the southern, southeastern United States is essentially one giant Soggy. swamp, isn't it? So, Soggy, yeah. I doubt it is dry heat. I bet oh, it's well. very humid. I tell you what, if you if you if you ever sort of visit um, like New Orleans, and uh, for the first time I visited New Orleans, uh, is obviously on the south. Um, I thought I'm gonna look like a cool British guy, and I'm gonna wear a blue linen suit, and yeah, uh, you look good for the first five minutes, um, and then yeah. you look like um, you've literally just climbed out of the bayou. Is that wet? The bayou is the, the, yeah. the, the river, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. It, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you just look absolutely sweaty as hell. Do you plan your kind of sartorial decisions for different places that far in advance then? No, but I just, I think whenever it comes to going to a foreign country, I think it's important as an Englishman to dress as well as possible, not because I'm a like a, a raging uh, kind of nationalist, just that a lot of places like in, in, in New Orleans, a lot of like... Um, guys who are in bars they're always wearing cargo shorts and i just can't get with that i'd rather look like i'm not from the cargo shorts. you were a big three-quarter length man weren't you for a while what a jort like, I, yeah but that that that's a look in itself that's a i'm going to a punk rock show i've not <laughs> left behind my no effects roots but i think when i'm abroad i like to have a little linen suit in the back in, in the back of the cupboard just in case I, I want to show that I'm um, I'm not of uh, I, 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 you know I've got no need for cargo shots I'm not a man who owns many tools no would you is wear that fair? Um, I, no I think I think you've got a lot in your locker actually I just think a, some of it is a little bit awkward but <laughs> could you could you wear could you wear perhaps top half linen suit bottom half cargo shorts um, as long as they were well upholstered and uh, kind you wear of, a hat, um, well, like a Panama Panama hat, blue linen suit with waistcoat, jorts, and uh, Etnies <laughs> Etnies sketch shoes on the on the bottom. I mean, what new a, found glory what on, a look the, on that the air buds? New found glory. <laughs> I'm having it. Look, yeah. look I'm in. Yeah, cool. we listened to Get New Found Glory shot. in the car the the other day, Mimi and I. It was uh, it was lots Which of fun. Song? Um, I can't remember actually. Shall I ask her? Yeah, uh, yeah. If you would, that all would right. Hang on a sec. I'll ask her. You bit, feel yeah. like I'm asking. Um, it could have been. You're always dressed. Dressed to kill. Could have been. My friends over you. Could have been. Um, oh God, what would it have been now? I don't know a lot of newfound glory. I think the lead singer went out with. Uh, um, uh, not Ariana Grande. Who's that young? Um, I'm uh, back. Punk lady who did Skater Boy. Um, My friends over uh, you was the song. My friends over you. That was a good one. That one, yeah. That, that's yeah. a that's a classic newfound track. That was yeah. like they were the thinking man's Blink One Eighty Two. I thought. I, I, do you know what? I, 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 that whole scene kind of passed me by. And I, I lived with someone at uni who was into it, and I kind of tangentially mm. became exposed to it. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't sort of like it or dislike it really. I was just like, yeah, fine. Um, mm. But um, when I heard that song, which I'd never heard before. I thought to myself, you know what? I wouldn't mind listening to that again. It's a perfectly decent pop song. I've got no problem with it. And uh, so I'll maybe revisit it at some point. <laughs> it was, oh, can I make you a punk playlist? Like a little punk rock, uh, emo, fun playlist? Well, I, I think you do. get a lot out of it. You could do. Oh, can do I, there's one thing that kind of puts me off, if you don't mind me saying. And one mm. is that because I'm friends with you on Spotify, in the little <laughs> bar on the right-hand side, I can see what you're listening to. And mm. um, I don't like that much of it. The last song I listened to on Spotify was Roy Orbison's I Drove All Night. And I listened to that song quite a lot. Um, Tears? 
Uh, what? With tears in my eyes. Um, some, I think some guy was, uh, uh, my mate Ed, he comes up with the most amazing YouTube videos and I always forward them on YouTube to you, to be honest. But um, he uh, sent me a clip of a very accomplished, um, I think he was a folk musician, and he sort of, he's very funny in the badinage in between his songs. And he, he sort of did a bit from I Drove All Night by Roy, Roy Orbison. And it was, uh, I drove all night, crept in your room yeah. to make love to you. Is that all right? And like Roy Orbison is asking, is that all right? <laughs> As you slept, make, made love to you. Is that all right? It yeah. just—it was such. It was delivered with such deadpan uh, brilliance. It really, really was very, um, very good. It was a. Um, this is fair to say that um, it was a different time. Is doing a lot of heavy lifting in society at the moment. Oh mate, I mean, there's there's a um, there's a something corporate song again, an emo band. Um, I kissed a drunk girl, uh, which was yeah. uh, which yeah, look emo lads. Look, the, the dominoes are falling left, right, and centre. Problematic men. It didn't stop at the 70s. That's all we're saying, all right? Especially yeah. the emo ones who thought they deserved, you know, they, they deserved the love of uh, of, um, of women that, uh, yeah. I'm not even getting into it. Why am I getting into this? Let's move on, shall we? Jesus Christ. Well, can I just Some say, of the we... lyrics in emo songs are problematic <laughs> in 2020. You... They were problematic then. They're problematic now. No one's listening to Brand New anymore, and that's because of reasons, all right? Pete, can I just say, when you first started that sentence, even I thought, I don't know where he's going to go with this. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. I don't think he can I get didn't. out of this. <laughs> I just want people to know I'm cognizant of the fact that uh, a lot of emo music is problematic. At, at the very least, needy. Can I talk to you about a, a problematic chap of a different stripe? Okay. Uh, and I'm not implying that um, anything he's done anything untoward with anyone else. Uh, and, and to be honest, it wouldn't matter if I did because he's dead. But uh, mm. there is no suggestion that he is a problematic <laughs> individual to other human beings, just okay. to himself. It's a guy called William mm. Little. Have you heard of him? Mm, Bill Little? No, I don't think I have. So he was a British civil engineer who uh, gained a certain amount of infamy in, well, I probably want to say the latter part of the 20th century bleeding into the 21st century because he um, he was left a 20-room big old house in Hackney, right, mm. uh, in the mid-60s. And he decided... <laughs> this is great British eccentrics. 20 is, rooms in Hackney? I know, geez. right? I know. That's a squat. Um, Mortimer Road in Hackney. And uh, this is a great example of uh, British eccentricity. Uh, he said uh, in the mid-60s, he decided he wanted to, a wine cellar under his house, yeah? Mm. But he thought, I, I, I'm not getting involved with all the kind of crap. I'm just going to do it myself. And uh, he, he dug <laughs> he out a massive... Yeah, he dug out a massive <laughs> wine cellar under his home, right? Having done that, he said, this is all said in retrospect, that he found a real taste for digging and so for the next 40 years, created a network of tunnels on several levels in all directions, some of them 18 metres in length, and went as far down as the water table. Uh, one of his tunnels uh, connected with the railway line at Dalston Lane Tunnel, uh, and he dumped all the clay he dug up into his garden and, and all the empty rooms of his house that he didn't use. Oh, my God. Right? So his whole house was just solid, like a solid... Minecraft house. Yeah, basically, the only way people realised is because they, they, neighbours started to complain because random sinkholes started to appear in their gardens <laughs> and in the pavements around their houses, and then water <laughs> and power supplies were constantly interrupted, and the local pub 
said they were a bit worried their cellar might be collapsing. <laughs> I mean, to, uh, to get a taste, how did nobody know? I mean, presumably he didn't use, what year was this? Uh, 60, it, it, did you say 60? It, it started then, it got discovered in um, 2006, I think. I mean, that is incredible. I mean, he would be using electric tools as well. So like, you can't blame that on an underground, you know, if it's happening at weird times of the day, you can't blame that on an underground, uh, you know, Dalston train. No, and I, I have no information or intel on the tools he used, so I can't help you on that. But he was um, evicted from his house. Uh, and obviously, as a part of that... The, um, He'll get he, back in. <laughs> no, he, yeah, he, he appeared He'll again. get back in no, somehow. He, he, was, he, was, um, he was evicted, and obviously journalists, some journalists picked up the story and they interviewed him, and he just said, I, th- I think this is quite a... Um, it's quite a kind of poignant, poignant quote. He said, I'm just a man who mm. loves to dig. There's a great beauty in inventing things that serve no purpose. Um, but they, they guess how many tons of soil and debris they took out of his house when it was renovated after he moved out? 33 tons. I mean, did, did he sort of pack it in? Like, did, he'd have to squeeze the soil and all of the yeah. water out of the soil to go, Jesus. So it's all I been mean, um, taken over now, and um, the, the tunnels have been... I mean, presumably for safety reasons, which I kind of understand, but it's a bit of a shame yeah. that the, the tunnels have been filled completely with aerated concrete and um, poor old William Little had to cover the cost of everything, which was £293,000. And uh, sadly, sadly, he's uh, passed away now. Well, in 2007, presumably, like, a, like a, a, how many bedroom house? Five, six? Oh, what? Like that, that would be a decent amount of money. I, I think I, I don't think he would have been short of a bob or two. I mean, whether he'd be able to find it or not underneath all that soil, I don't know. But the problem is, Pete, I think what happened was he, like I said, he inherited that house, house, right? right. And he, and and so he, he in two thousand and eight, he, he was he's told he had to pay, yeah, you know, like I say, almost three hundred thousand pounds. But he died in mm. two thousand and ten anyway. And in 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 two thousand and twelve, the property was sold as it was, I think, for just over a million quid. And then it was renovated, and now it's—I um, think it's now like an art studio and some other bits. But it's just a fascinating story. I, I understand that we have to be sensitive here. There may—I don't know—but there may well have been some kind of mental health issue at play because it does seem like a very eccentric thing to do. But he was—I mean, from what I've read, he was fairly unrepentant. Said, "You know, I just enjoyed doing it. I liked uh, digging, digging tunnels. It was a hobby, and obviously, it got a bit." I out get of it, hand. man. I really get yeah. it. Like, do you I fancy mean, it? I presume someone should have bought him a copy of Minecraft. Is all I'm saying. I think, exactly. Give him a bit. Um, I'm, I mean, it's a little bit like the um, Minor Willy versus Jet Set Willy video game because obviously Minor Willy was like a he was a guy who hung out in mines. I in thought that was called Manic Minor. Yeah, so his character was called Minor Willy. Oh, okay. It was, right. it was very. Um, it was very anti or pro Thatcher. I forget what I think it was anti Thatcher back in the day uh, and the whole mining um, unions and stuff. But like, yeah, in, in the first game, he was a miner, Manic Minor, and then he. Um, Got, I think he got rich and he became a member of the aristocracy. And oh, Jet Set okay. Willie was about him tidying up his massive 16 million uh, room mansion. So it, it, he's a modern day minor Willie for me. But I, I do wonder whether he was cremated or, uh, or they dug a hole for him. Yeah. Because presumably, have to be sure, he yeah. would have. Basically, bury him facing <laughs> down. So if he does dig, he just goes further down. <laughs> oh, mate. That's adorable. It's funny you say that about Jet Set Willie and Manic Miner because I played both those games as a kid. And that narrative you've just described there is the first I've heard of it. It completely passed me by. Yeah, we just don't see but it. But it makes it? perfect yeah. sense like, now. Yeah. Mm. Well, Thatcher. Thatcher's. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to get it. Yeah. Into that. <laughs> no, yeah. Let's uh, let's hit a break. Shall we uh, hit a break and then come back with some emails? Why not? All right then. 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. And we're back. It's the Luke and Pete show. It is part two of your Monday dose. Uh, think of us as the Monday penicillin you have to take after the terrible things you've done over the weekend. Yeah. Um, hello, Luke and Pete show.com if you want to get into the show. And, and people have been doing that, Luke. People have, have been doing that. Don't take penicillin if you're allergic to it. It feels like a, like a large number of people are allergic to penicillin. So just do be careful. Really? That's what I'll say. Why would you be allergic to penicillin? It's like the universal panacea for all ills you. Hello at lukeandpeacher.com to let us know. I don't know. I'm not allergic to anything. <laughs> if you're allergic to penicillin, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about this email from Ian, who says, uh, Hi, guys. Love the show. Just wanted to be a pedantic Irishman and correct your latest episode title. In Sultans of Ping's movie. 1991 banger, Where's Me Jumper? The lyric is actually, met him eating mushrooms in the People's Park, not public park uh the people's park <laughs> is a cork institution where many people including myself misspent their youth smoking illegal drugs and where you may be accosted by local drunkards asking you for a euro for the bus the people of cork are very proud and i'm sure if there's another cork listener out there he'll be happy for the correction it's a nice tribute to the song outside the park too and he's attached a photo mm. of um a little bit of graffiti or art whatever we're going to want to call it with the sultans of ping lyrics i am not a sultans of ping connoisseur i don't know anything no. about them apart from that song which as, as ian's already mentioned came out in 1991 and if memory serves me correctly last week i think i originally incorrectly attributed it to the mac lads anyway so that shows you the level of knowledge i'm at um apologies for the episode title one, yeah. what can you do what can you do I didn't get involved. I, I, I mean, I should have known that. I mean, I, I did play it every now and again on Absolute, but uh, yeah. I, Only I, once a day, though. Luke, you, 
<laughs> well, the Nora Peak guarantee uh, was a movable feast when I was uh, at the helm. Very much controls. a guide. I would, I would <laughs> yeah, it was a guideline every now and again. And especially when we'd be playing songs that would be things like U2's, is it One? Was there a song by yeah. U2 called yeah. One? And uh, The Kings of Leon's Sex on Fire. Both of those songs were on the emergency, emergency CD. Um, and if I went to the loo for any length of time and forgot to make the computer play the next song, um, it would just have five seconds of silence. The emergency CD would kick in and then mm. we'd be hearing um, possibly a repeated song if I'd played Kings of Leon's Sex on Fire earlier in that mm. hour. So, yeah, boring, tedious uh, administrative chat about uh, running a radio station. But uh, it's important to know who you're dealing with and listening to. Got an email from Jim Crook. Say hello, Jim. Um, Hi there, the pal show. That's exactly how it should go. Over the course of the last four four or five weeks, I've listened to the entire back catalogue from episode one uh, to catch up to the point at which I started listening last year. I suggested listening to the show to my friend Harry, and he started from the beginning. So I saw lockdown as the perfect opportunity to fill in the missing episodes. I thought I'd share some key phrases and themes that have been stuck in my head in that time. What I like about this email is that, that we do this show every single week, and we don't really sort of think about the themes and the things that we talk about um, per se. But the, but it's nice to have like um like touchstones that uh, other people have noticed. Yeah. Thermal Paste is in there. He's, he's given us a big list. Thermal Paste, Julian Assange there, Succulent Chinese Meal, Pete's Dad's Bedtime, uh, Democracy Manifest, <laughs> um, Pete's Sunday Chinese, fucking Sphincter. I don't remember that one. No. What was fucking Sphincter? No. Oh, it's uh, Brian me. Blessed, isn't it? It's Brian Blessed. Oh, yes, of course it was. Yes, yeah. Yeah, good old lessons. Uh, goodness me, which is my go-to word whenever I'm uh, uh, stressed out and doing a, a live broadcast. And uh, Luke's bullshit story about Pete only having three shits in the entire, entirety of... Uh, oh, of Pete, year. by the way, I mean, if, you, were, if, you, if the, you and the listeners will allow me, I started mm. to feel like last few days, I thought, oh, shit, literally, my chickens are coming home to roost here because there was right. no movement going on. And I thought, Loki. I, I, I have a moral obligation to share to that out with yourself Pete and with our listeners because it would only be fair. But luckily, just before we started recording today, I took a big old dump. The levy, the levy broke. <laughs> it, did, it did indeed. It did indeed. What DVD box sets is your dad watching at the moment? Oh, I got him for Father's Day. I got. Oh, it's him amazing. A, yes, um, I remember a this. Hank from. Um, oh God. Breaking Bad. Um, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. One of his favorite TV shows. Obviously, every dad's favorite TV show is Breaking Bad because it's about a dad being a bit naughty and uh, becoming a a meth enthusiast or a meth creation uh, enthusiast anyway. And uh, he, uh, yeah, uh, Hank Schrader from the the TV show was on one of those websites. Dean Norris. Dean Norris. He could pay like 150 quid and he'll do a Father's Day message. It it was really sweet, actually, because I've not seen my dad for months because of covid and stuff and it was, i i really think he got a lot out of it <laughs> well the other thing is pete is that dean norris shout out to dean he did an amazing job I mean, you sent it to me and it, it's brilliant and yeah. he really got into it and i think i understand that like if you're an actor you know with the greatest respect to, to dean he's been in some big stuff and he's an excellent actor in my opinion but he's obviously probably doesn't want to be doing cameos so he could have he could have been um he could have been kind of down his luck about it but he, it was brilliant and i think i can imagine your dad absolutely loving it oh it, i i made him i put it on the family thread and made him play it out while i listened and i could hear 
like the genuine surprise and happiness in, in his voice. So yeah, it, it, it's well worth doing. Yeah. I mean, not just Hank Schrader, pick someone else. <laughs> I got my dad two shirts from Marks and Spencer. Um, Ooh, nice. Yeah. What about this email, Pete, um, from Neil? This is quite a nice little uh, update to our, one of our other threads that our friend there didn't mention uh, about mm. uh, Japanese glass. He says, all right, guys. Oh, yes. Big fan yeah, of the show. On. Not 100% up to date with the pod, but I have an idea as to why the Japanese don't use glass. I read somewhere ages ago that the European usage of glass was due to the fermentation of grapes and showing off the different colors of wine and therefore social standing. The Chinese and Japanese cultures were more likely to ferment rice, giving them the clear-coloured sake, and therefore no need to show off their wealth. Could be bollocks, but I thought I'd mention it anyway. Cheers, Neil. I genuinely think we could write a book on this. We've got so many different options and pictures and like opinions about why the Japanese didn't use glass. I, I don't think we're anywhere close to figuring out why. Uh, the Japanese Maybe no one knows. Use a, it didn't use a lot of glass. Yeah. Maybe no one knows. Exactly. It could just be one of those things. You know on QI where like um, they had that occasional question like which would be, it would be like, oh, no one actually knows the answer to this. And it could, so it could mm. be one of those. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we need to find find the definitive reason. But so far we've come up short, haven't we? Luke, can I scare you? Please. I've never seen an in, uh, an entire episode of QI ever. Yeah, I, is that I mean, worrying? I, I'm someone, and this is the thing, right? And I know this is gonna. It's not worrying. No, it's perfectly acceptable. I, but I'm gonna possibly sound a little bit hypocritical because I'm sure many people feel this way about me, and two, mm. perhaps a little bit mean. I don't mean to come across mean. I think when people put themselves out there and make shows on TV or on the radio or podcast, they're out there to be shot at. I accept that for what we do, and and other people should accept it too. I think as long as it's reasonable. I don't find um, Alan Davis. Very good, and so <laughs> and he's Charming on every episode. Magnetic, right? Yeah. So it's kind of a little bit annoying that. after a while. I think some of these people kind of like have careers because we remember them from Jonathan Creek, or we remember them from back in the day, and it reminds us of being young and you know virile. So, do you like Alan Davis or not? Um, I'm not. A bit, did he did he bite a, a homeless man? I believe that's is that the someone case, else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the case, yeah. I mean, if that's a mark of a man, I, I would say, yeah, he's probably not the nicest individual. Wasn't there a fascinating subplot to that? Wasn't he indeed a homeless guy? But he was an informant, wasn't he, to some newspaper journalist. So I, th- I believe he was uh... a homeless guy that had been co-opted by some probably News of the World type journalist and, and mm. been paid to sit outside the Groucho and get, and get right, stories. Right, okay. And I think Alan Davis got, got the arsehole with him for whatever reason. And I, I believe that is what happened, but I think that was kind of part of the story was that. Ah. Uh, but there's well, loads well, of people now, Pete, I see. You, you, know, you know, back in the day when I was a lot more outspoken and you guys would constantly try and stop me saying stuff about other people in the public eye. Do you remember that? Yes, when we rescued your career repeatedly. Can week. I do that now or not, do you think? <laughs> what do you mean? As in like... Because there's loads of people I don't like. And and they are getting served, so you, you you're bound to hit a target that everyone else is kind of into. Okay, yeah, I, I just I, I, maybe I won't, but I, I just don't I don't want to be a dickhead for no reason. Um, but but yeah, I'm not really a huge fan of Alan Davis, so that's partly why I don't enjoy QI as much as some other people. But I do think it's a brilliant, brilliantly, brilliantly written show and like a really nicely mm. done thing. Um, I, I haven't seen much of it since Sandy took over, but I like Sandy as well, so I probably would like it again. Maybe I should revisit. Well, I like that the researchers kind of have got their own thing as well, the QI elves or whatever they're called, because like, yeah. they're the people who do all the real work. 
Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. And and, and you mm. know, there's there's some really interesting stuff. One is the um the there was a bit about the richest man to have ever lived, which we covered on this show at one point as well. This Amalian kind of prince. And another one was like they they found evidence that Usain Bolt isn't actually the fastest person to have ever lived either, because by by using some technique to track um aborigines based on their footprints and their stride patterns and stuff they worked out there was a load of aborigines who were like back in the day who were just absolutely rapidly quick really quick indigenous people yeah wow yeah that's pretty cool yeah i mean i'm into that let's have a bit of that let's research that if you know any information on that email us in because i can't remember the rest of it well i'm leaving right now to go to the british library to figure out what the hell is going on we should both do that is it open we'll have to socially distance uh, yeah Are they, yeah I re- my dad, whenever my dad comes out of London, he always goes to the British Library. Um, and then as soon as, because he, he always comes down with a big backpack full of like just papers and nonsense. Uh, but he doesn't believe in metal detectors. He doesn't believe in going into anywhere that would uh, require somebody checking what's in his bag. So he always goes in, but then he just gets turned away immediately because he won't let anyone look in his bag. What's in the bag, dad? What have you got in the bag? Also because it's like three in the morning because of his routine. <laughs> Yeah, probably so. I came down to London again. None of the tubes were working. <laughs> anyway, let's get out of here. Let's get out yeah. of here because we've, right. we've run out of time. We'll be back later in the week for Thursday's episode. Hello at lukeandpeacher.com is the email address to get in touch. Tell us a bit more about Japanese and Chinese glass. Tell us a bit more about rapidly fast uh, native Australians. Tell us loads of stuff. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and we'll be back mm. on Thursday with yet more of this nonsense. Thank you very much. Have a great week. Enjoy the weather. It's supposed to be lovely, but make sure you wear sun cream. Look after your thermometers. Yeah. This was a Stakhanov production.